Turn with me, please, this morning to Matthew 9 and Mark chapter 9. Let's release faith, believe to hear from the Lord right now. Matthew 9, Mark 9. Father, we agree together as touching this, asking you for utterance and anointing, opening the eyes of our heart and mind, understanding that we can see and understand, perceive and receive, asking for answers, direction, help. Show us how things really are. Show us what your plan really is and how you have intended and ordained that we should live and function. We ask it in Jesus' name and we purpose not to be hearers only, forgetful hearers, but with your help, by your grace, to be doers, doers. And as surely as we do what you say, good things will happen. You are faithful to watch over your word and perform it in our lives. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sit out loud, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. Matthew 9 is the account of the, um, the two blind men that came to Jesus asking about being healed. In Matthew 9:28, Matthew 9:28, when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, "Believe ye that I am able to do this?" Now, Jesus talked to people about what they were believing and about their faith, not just on one occasion or two, but this was the common thing that he would talk to people and ask people that are in need or wanting something or wanting him to minister to them. He would talk to them about their believing, about their faith. And uh, he said, do you believe that I'm able to do this. And they said to him, yes, Lord. And then touched he their eyes and said, according to your faith, be it unto you. Say that phrase out loud, please. According to your faith, be it unto you. How did Jesus say it would happen? According to their Faith. Now, the church, by and large, has changed this. They have changed it from according to your faith to according to God's will. How many know this is true? I mean, many, 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 many churches and groups you might go to, they do not emphasize that things will happen according to our faith. They emphasize that it's all according to God's will. And this is contrary to what Jesus taught. It is a tradition of men that has made the word of God of no effect in the lives of millions of church-going people. 
This is very serious because it has robbed people, robbed people of their opportunities to receive. And so what you see is people not receiving, not receiving, not receiving, and the standard answer is, well, it's just whatever God's will is. And so from looking, you might assume that it is rarely the will of God for people to be healed or delivered or have their needs met because most of the time it's not happening. (laughs) But according to Jesus, when he ministered to people, he told them when they wanted something, wanted something to happen, these men want to be healed. He said, it's going to happen according to what you believe. Now, is that true or not? Then that's not the same as it's going to happen according to the will of God. Or it's going to happen according to God's power. He said, it's going to happen according to your faith. And he touched their eyes. And he said, according to your faith, be it unto you. And apparently... They believed. Their eyes were open. Hallelujah. And Jesus straightly charged them, see that no man know it. Sometimes he told people to tell it. Sometimes he told them not to tell it. Somebody said, which one you do? You need to hear from him. But they, when they departed, spread abroad his fame in all that country, which they, they shouldn't have done. It actually hindered him. In Mark, the ninth chapter, Mark 9 and 22, the man brought his son to the disciples who'd been having seizures and they uh, did everything they knew, but the boy did not get set free. You know, just because you prayed and it didn't happen, or people prayed for you or ministered to you or laid hands on you and it didn't happen, that does not prove that it's not God's will. These men had been getting results. But here in this situation, they did not, but it didn't reveal that it was somehow not God's will for this boy to be healed and set free. So he brought him to Jesus, brought his son to Jesus after the disciples failed to get him delivered. And uh, the man tells Jesus, he says, oft times it's cast him into the fire, into the waters to destroy him. But if you can do anything. Have compassion on us and help us. He's pleading with the Lord. And of course you can see this. After the disciples failure. He even puts the word if in there. They couldn't help us. If you can do something. Have compassion on us and help us. Now we we see Jesus as the master. The, the Messiah. The fulfillment of scripture. He's not seeing him that way. He's seeing him in the flesh, just like we're looking at each other. He's seeing a preacher, a prophet, and he's put out with the failure of the other preachers and ministers. And in essence, he's putting all of this in Jesus' lap, saying, well, if you can, do something. And uh, Jesus, verse 23, said, if you can, if you look at different translations, there's an emphasis on the if you can. Believe all things are possible to him that believes. 
Now Jesus is putting the emphasis again. Where? On the individual's faith. The believing. Now I know I may sound a bit redundant on this. But it's necessary. Because we are contending with centuries of ingrained tradition that people will fight you about and will get so indignant about it. It is the idea that God is in control of everything. Are people adamant about that? Oh, they're adamant about it. God is controlling everything and coupled with that is that everything that happens is somehow the mysterious will of God. Even all the bad stuff, even all the bad stuff they say. But that's not true. I said it's not true. Just not true. All kinds of things are happening on this planet that are completely contrary to the will of God, that are displeasing to him, that grieve him. Why does he let them happen? Well, free will, you either have it or you don't. You either let people do what they want to do or you don't. And he has. We really do. Have a free will. We can choose. To believe in him. and Follow him. Or we can choose. To reject him. And disobey. And rebel. And sadly. Most of the planet. Has rejected him. And it shows. It shows. Because of the curse. Because of the devastation. And the destruction. None of the killing and cruelty and the problems because of drought and famine and storms. None of that is the will of God. None of it. And it's false accusation to say God did it. It is. It's slanderous against our good. Good. Father, if you want to know what the will of God is, read the first couple of chapters of Genesis. Before sin, before the curse, God made it the way he wanted it. The effects of man's sin and the following curse was not an improvement on God's original design. Everything that he made, what did it say? He looked at it and he said, it's good. It's good. That's good. It's very good. Right? Only after man's sin and the resulting curse do we see all the bad stuff that we have with us today. And if you'll fast forward to the end of the book, Revelation, again, you will see the perfect will of God. No more dying, no more pain, no more crying, no more sorrow, no more death, no more curse. 
We got something to look forward to, saints. Huh? We never been in a place like that. We we never lived a life like that. Oh, how wonderful it's going to be to go decade after century after millennia with not even a pain. No aches. No aging. No lack. No sadness. We we never been in a place like that. But we're about to find out. We're about to find out. But we got a job to do in the interim. We are here on the front lines. In the middle of a curse-filled, devil-filled, dark, dark place. And our job is to shine like lights. Hallelujah. And get this message to everybody we can. Because this thing's going to wind up pretty quick. And we want to take as many with us as we can. And one of the biggest things that will draw them is not just only our talk, but it's what they see. They need to see victory in us. They need to see love. They need to see peace. They need to see joy. Right? They need to see something different in us than they're seeing in the ungodly around. Hallelujah. Jesus said, if you can, let me read from some other translations. The ASV says, if you can, all things are possible to him that believes. And then the good news says it like this. Yes, said Jesus, if you yourself can, everything is possible for the person who has faith. So the man is trying to put it on Jesus. If you can, help us do something. And the man turns it right back around and says, if you can yourself, it's not up to the power of God. It's not up or according to the will of God. What's it according to? According to Jesus. It's according to your faith. Are you open to getting your mind renewed? Back to the Bible. Back to what Jesus told. Then we need to keep hearing it. Bear with me in my repetitiveness. Because I have a purpose. You need it. I need it. We need it. We've heard so much of that other. For so long. So there's more of the residue in you than you think. Shows up at odd times and places. Because still some of it hanging in there. We want to get rid of every vestige. Every remnant of anything that contradicts what Jesus taught. Hallelujah. Said out loud, Lord help me. To identify anything and everything. I have believed that is contrary to your word, and as I see it, I will reject it. Help me to get it out and get your word in. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go with me, please, to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 10. 
I want us to begin to talk about today how faith comes. If it's according to our faith, then we need to get us some. And we need to get us some more. Anybody interested in getting some faith? Getting some more? I'll tell you what. Let's do it this way. Go to 1 Peter, please. We'll work our way to Romans. In 1 Peter 1 and verse 7, it says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found with praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Faith is very precious. It is rare and precious. Any human being can have faith, but that doesn't mean they do. And uh, the scripture actually says, when the Lord returns, shall he find faith in the earth? Why? Because it is rare and precious. There's some mind renewal we need to get right now. People say, well, all of us have our faith and what we believe. No, no. Faith in God is not common. It's not everywhere. Real faith in God, it's rare. It's precious. And you indicate you have some, or you likely wouldn't be here this morning. But just because you have faith that Jesus is coming again, that heaven is real, that the blood of the Lamb has made you righteous and saved you, doesn't mean you have any faith to be healed or any faith to get your bills paid or faith to be protected. Come on, you with me? Faith in one area does not equate to faith in all areas. This has been a point of confusion for a lot of people. People say, well, I, I have faith. I believe. You believe what? What? So if people speak in general terms, and that can obscure deficiencies. No, Jesus said, Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God, in God. But that has many applications, right? That, that covers the whole realm of life and existence. Say it out loud. Have faith, Have faith in, God. in God. Now God is a person. We're not just talking about faith in principles or faith in concepts. But faith in the living person who is now our father by faith in his son Jesus. Faith. In God. He mentions here this precious faith. Keep reading in, in 1 Peter 1 uh, 8. Whom having not seen you love. In whom though now you see him not. 
yet believing. So he mentions twice about the not seeing part. And you know, we, we studied that previously. If you weren't with us, let me recommend go get the previous, download them. It won't cost you anything. But uh, how that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. How that Thomas missed it by saying, unless I see, I'm not going to believe. And so here, precious faith, though you don't see, yet you believe. And then here you see the evidence of faith. The evidence that faith has come. Though now you see him not, or though now you see not, yet believing, you rejoice. Yes. Somebody say, believing, believing. You, rejoice. you rejoice. Say it again. Believing, you rejoice. Now we're talking about how faith comes, and I've skipped ahead a little bit to give you an indicator of how you know faith has come. How do you know faith has come? Believing, you rejoice. (laughs) What if you're not rejoicing? That's an indication you ain't believing either. Not believing. So, if people remain sad, if they remain depressed, if they remain defeated and fearful, it's evidence They don't believe. They're not believing in God. Oh they believe he exists. Maybe they believe he's real. Maybe they believe in Jesus. Believe he's coming. But they don't believe in him. In that specific area. Concerning a victory. Having not seen. You love. In whom though now you see him not. Yet believing. You rejoice with joy unspeakable. And full of glory. What's the next word? Receiving. Receiving the end of your faith. Even the salvation of your souls. You see the progression of faith. You don't see it. That would include you don't feel it. You don't experience it. But you believe it. And when you believe it. You get happy. Before you see anything. And before you feel anything, and when you get happy and you're receiving it, next thing you know, you get the end of it. Hallelujah. The manifestation of the salvation. And this works in every area. The new birth, being saved from hell, going to heaven. But the, the just don't just get born again by faith. They are to live by faith. They are to walk by faith. This is to be how we function, how we operate. It's how God himself functions. Go with me to Second Peter. You see, he brings this up again. Second Peter 1.1, 1, 1, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained what? Like precious faith with us. Through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Now he's mentioned that twice. He mentioned precious faith, then the knowledge of God, and then again the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. Go please to Romans 12. Romans 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, By the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now he tells us too, he said, don't be conformed and do be transformed. Conformity. Phyllis and I were talking about this a day or two ago. We started to watch something, an entertainment thing, and just bad language. Bad language. So we just turned it off. And the thing is, we remarked about, people think that's normal. Now, this bad language is just accepted as normal use. I mean, 50 years ago, you wouldn't have dared said some of these words publicly. But now, people don't even blink an eye. And the Lord spoke to me many years ago, this phrase, tolerance, is the first step to conformity. Tolerance is the first step toward conformity. The enemy will work on you with stuff for 30 years, 50 years. He works on a generation over the whole period of that generation. Why? He'll introduce something that you find offensive and you find wrong, and he knows you're going to give a reaction to it. But as long as you allow it, he's happy because he knows the seed's been sown. And if you tolerate it, what's going to happen? You're going to get used to it being there. You're going to get accustomed to it. And over a period of time, even years, more and more people doing it, this is the new norm. But if it was wrong before, it's still wrong. And we need to be on our guard to not be conformed to this ungodly, anti-God world around about us. And if people want to mock you and call you goody-goody and holier than thou, just act like you don't even hear it. It Just don't let it influence you. Just because they're confused and understanding's darkened doesn't mean you have to be conformed to it. But what is it that we need to be transformed? Read the rest of the verse. Don't be conformed to this world. But be ye transformed. How's it going to happen? By the renewing of your mind. 
We not only need things to happen in our spirit, we need things happening in our mind. Our mind is the doorway to our spirit. By the renewing of your mind, to what end? That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, if we're going to talk about faith, we have to talk about the will of God. You can't separate the two. Brother F.F. F. Bosworth, who uh, penned the book, Christ the Healer, he, he used a phrase. He said, faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins. He said, that's where it starts. That is an accurate phrase. You cannot have faith. And not know the will of God in the area you're trying to have faith. Cannot. You can assume. You can presume. But you can't actually believe. And the enemy knows this. Which is why the will of God is such a big issue. Many, many churches, ministers, ministries have concluded That everything is the will of God. Or that you can't really know the will of God. Either way, it puts you in the same place. Not knowing the will of God. Till after something happens and then assuming, well, that must have been the will of God. But it puts you in the dark. Puts you in ignorance. Concerning the will of God. How do we not just get conformed. To the same darkness and ignorance. That all the unsaved world is in. Our minds. Have got to change. Got to be renewed. To what? To the point. That we can ascertain. And discern. Distinguish. What is. The will of God. Can you say amen? Amen. The very next verse says, For I say through the grace given to me to every man that's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has what? Dealt to every man the measure of faith. See, this comes right after talking about the will of God. They're inseparable. Go with me to Ephesians, please. Taking my time, giving scriptures, we're laying a foundation. We're going to lay it strong because we're going to build a big building on it. Big, tall building. (laughs) Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are you a faith man, a faith woman? Are you an overcomer? You're, You're a receiver? You're a God pleaser? Is that you? Well, then we got to find out what we're talking about. <laughs> got to find out. Ephesians 5 and 8. He said, for you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is what is what? acceptable to the Lord. 
Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it's a shame even to speak of those things which are done to them in secret. You know, just because somebody says and does some bad stuff does not mean we have to repeat it. Well, yeah, but that's why I'm just repeating what they said. Yeah, and, and you're communicating it. You're spreading it. It's a shame even to speak of those things which are done to them in secret. Keep reading. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatever does make manifest is light. The light shows up. Thing. You can see things in the light is another way of saying it. Wherefore, he says, awake thou that sleepest, rise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. What is light? Well, among other things, light is revelation, a showing of the will of God, a showing of him, who he is. Verse 15, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now, verse 17, wherefore be ye not unwise, but what? Understanding what the will of the Lord is. Man, there are millions of church going people. They'll tell you, you can't really know what the mysterious will of God. You just have to wait and see what happens. Then that was the will of God, whatever happened, because he's in total control. This is contrary to the Bible. We are told that we are to pursue and find the will of God. Well, where are you going to find the will of God? You're going to find it in the Word of God. And you're going to find it by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And we're not to look at what's happening out here in this cursed-filled, confusion-filled world to find the will of God. We must look inside, not outside, not conformed to the world, transformed by the renewing of our mind. Say it out loud, don't be unwise. unwise. Well, how are you going to keep from being unwise? But understanding what the will of the Lord is. Folks move over this part too quickly. Well, I want to have faith. I want to receive from God. I want to move the mountain. I want to get the problem out of the way. I want to do it. How do I release my faith? You've got to find out how to get you some faith before there's anything to release. <laughs> Many people are too quick to pray. No, you didn't say too quick to pray. I said too quick to pray. Praying in unbelief will get you no results. And it'll discourage you. If you pray and things don't happen, and you do that again and again and again, and the last 15 times you prayed, nothing happened, then now the 16th time you pray, where is your expectation going to be? The enemy's going to tell you that same thing going to happen, happened the last 15 times. Right? The Lord actually said this to me a number of years ago in time of prayer. He said, Son, Be more selective and you'll be more effective. By by what? 
be selective in what you say in faith. Don't just say a bunch of stuff. Throw a bunch of stuff out there. Hope some of it sticks. Don't just pray a bunch of prayers. Hope one of them maybe would work. That's being foolish. I need to find the will of God before I pray. I need to find the will of God and be confident in the will of God before I make a faith declaration. I actually can't make one. I can make an assumption, presumption. I can do something foolish. But so you don't begin by praying and saying. Faith comes. Anybody know know a scripture that talks about how faith comes? Faith comes by hearing. Well, what what you going to find out when you hear? You're going to find out the will of God. And you got to be confident in the will of God. Our faith is not possible. He said, redeeming the time because the days are evil, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Go with me to Romans 10 then. Let's talk further about how faith comes. Romans 10. I may read the whole chapter. Which is not that long. But uh, it all goes together. Romans 10 and 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record they have a zeal of God. But what? Not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. For Moses describes the righteousness which is of the law that the man which does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise. Say not in your heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend to the deep, that is to bring up Christ from the dead. But what says it? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. Hallelujah. You don't have to climb the highest mountain. You don't have to go to the depth of the sea. You don't have to do some amazingly strenuous thing to get God to answer a prayer or to get God to manifest in your life. The answer, the solution is very close. It's right under your nose. It's in your heart and it's in your mouth. It's faith. Oh, somebody say faith, 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 faith. 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 Verse 9, that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Now, how would you believe that? Because you had heard that. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. These are two of the most important things we could ever learn about faith. 
You believe not in your head. You believe in your heart. And you release your faith with your mouth. With your words. It's how you got born again. It's also how you can get healed. It's also how you can get your bills paid. It's how you can get answers for your children, your grandchildren, your relationships. But it's not just believing just anything or saying just anything. We've got to know the will of God. Keep reading. The scripture says, whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. So if you really do believe on him, it's going to work. Nobody ever trusted in him and was let down or disappointed or ashamed. You might say, well, I know somebody that did. No, you don't. You don't know anybody like that. You know, you may know some folks who were confused, who didn't know the will of God, who said some things. Come on, are you with me? But you don't know anybody that had real faith in God that they got from hearing him and were disappointed and let down. Whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. I'm going to believe the Bible. What about you? I'm going to believe this right here. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. The same Lord over all is rich to all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now didn't just say saved from hell. Saved. From what? Well the list is big. Whatever you need to get saved from. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord. How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? Let me um, put this up in. Can we do the Weist translation? Yeah. I like the way he says this. He says how is it possible then. That they will call upon the one in whom they did not believe. Let's answer the question. It's not possible. You're not going to act on faith you don't have. You're not going to call on belief you don't have. Moreover, how is it possible that they will believe on the one concerning whom they did not hear? It's not possible to have faith without hearing. Did you hear that? It's not possible to please God without faith. But it's not possible to have faith without hearing. And how is it possible that they shall hear without one who proclaims? And how is it possible that they shall make a proclamation except they be sent on a mission? Even as it stands written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good tidings of good things. But not all lend an obedient ear to the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who believed our message? Now here he gets into, it's not possible to have faith unless you hear. But then he brings up, even though you hear, that does not equate faith. Because even though you hear, and you hear and see the will of God, and the plan of God, you still have to allow yourself to be persuaded. Or you can reject it and say, I will not be persuaded. I choose not to believe. Faith is a choice. Choice to believe or not believe what you have heard. 
Who's believed our message? So then faith is out of the source of that which is heard. And that which is heard through the agency of the word concerning Christ or the word of the Christ. Thank you, Lord. But I say, did they not hear? Most certainly. Into all the earth their sound went out. And into the extremities of the inhabited earth their words And it's true today. The word is going out much more than people are believing. But people could believe. But it's a choice. Did Israel did not fail to know it? Did it? First Moses said, I'll provoke you to jealousy by those who are no people. And by foolish people, I'll provoke you to anger. Moreover, Isaiah breaks out boldly and says, I was found by those who are not seeking me, I was made manifest to those who are not inquiring about me. But we are those who are inquiring about him. Hallelujah. Thanks be unto God. How does faith come? It comes by hearing about him. Now, let me... uh, Let me say these phrases to to jar your thinking. It didn't just say faith comes by attending services. It didn't just say faith comes by reading your Bible. Mm. Mm. Because you can read your Bible and not hear from him. You can just read it like it's a history book. You can just read it by rote or habit. And yet you could get faith from coming to a service. I I hope you do. I'm counting on it actually. But it's possible you could come to the service. And hear a bunch of stuff. But not hear from him. Come on can you see this? This is not. You're not going to get faith from me. I'm not going to get faith from you. It's faith in God. It comes from him. It's a measure of his own faith. And it comes by hearing him. Faith in me can only come from hearing from me. Faith in you can only come from hearing from you. If you said, well, I'm going to believe that Brother Keith comes and pays all my bills this month and cuts my grass and does my laundry. Because the Bible said, all things are possible to him that believes and whatever you pray when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. So I'm claiming that Brother Keith Pays all my bills. I am confessing. Brother Keith cuts my grass. And does my laundry this month. And you stand and you say it every day. While your grass grows. (laughs) And your laundry pile gets higher. (laughs) So so, uh, uh, if I believe it you have to do it. Wrong. You don't know what faith is. Faith in me. Has to be based on what? 
what you heard me tell you. Come on, can you see this? You can't have faith for that, and I didn't tell you any of that. You can presume, you can assume, you can be foolish, you can proclaim some things, but you say, I believe it based on what? Faith has to be based on something. Faith in me has to be based on what I told you I would do. Now, if I told you I would come cut your grass, if I said, I'll come, I'll come cut your grass, then you have to decide, is he a man of his word? Will he do what he said? Does he have the ability to do what he said? And based on that, you can say, well, he's going to come cut my grass. Well, you had not seen it yet. Yeah, but I believe him. You believe what I told you. You can't believe I'll do something beyond what I told you I'd do. So people have taken verses and half scriptures and separated from the rest of the Bible and come up with ideas about faith. That's not how it works. Faith in me is based on what I told you. Faith in God. Is based on what he told you. You need to hear. From him. Oh somebody say hear from him. Hear from him. See which is another area. That much of the church world. Denies. They mock. People like you and me. I've had people just mock me. And I said I said the Lord spoke to me. And they snickered. He thinks he's hearing from God. Oh, the Lord. Oh, you talk to God. He talks to you, I see. Uh-huh. They're laughing behind our backs. He thinks he's communicating with God. If you don't communicate with God, you have no faith. It's not possible to have faith. He'll speak to you through his word. He'll speak to you by his spirit. And he can use other people to speak by his word and by his spirit. But it's still either by his word and or by his spirit. And you know yourself, if you've done this for very long, you read scriptures, you read scriptures. It's all great. It's all good. You believe it generally. But then you read something and that's God talking to you. Oh, come on. You let God, that, that just stood out to you. You thought, this is my situation. Or he brings something to your remembrance that you've heard or seen and he quickens you. He's talking to you. And when you get that, that's how faith comes. Oh, hallelujah. When, when you hear from him about your situation, glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, when we... Uh, Knew we were supposed to start a, another church after Branson. And it took us two years to get it settled in our spirit where? Somebody say two years. Two years. And uh, some things you just have to wait on the Lord about. You don't know till He tells you. And I'm not trying to hear an audible voice through this, we're not trying to see and feel things physically we're just checking our heart and we're praying and we're looking and when we finally got it it settled 
Somebody says, well, you just, you know, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Anywhere's fine. You just go, no, no, no. In the book of Acts, do you remember Paul said he essayed to go into, where was it, Bithynia, and the Holy Spirit forbade him. Well, I thought we were supposed to go into all the world. Not you individually go into all the world. You can't. That's never going to happen. All the body of Christ is to go. Well, where am I supposed to go? You need to hear from him. Right? And so we're going to have to believe God for buildings and lands. We're going to have to believe God for millions of dollars. So we'll we'll just believe for it. I can't believe for it until I hear from him. Come on, are you with me? I can't, if I just launch out and just generally and claim and say things and just do whatever hits my mind first, it's not going to work. Oh, but if I hear from him, I said, if I hear from him and you know, we, we have the opportunity to buy a bigger place for much less money, just 10 miles from here. People think, well, that's God. No, just because it's less money don't mean it's God. Just because it's bigger, more square foot don't make it God. And so we had to get that settled. Oh, but once you get it settled, once you get confident, this is the place, this is the building, this is the property, and you get settled that I've heard from him, I can have faith. I said, I can have faith. I can talk to you about it. You can have faith. Come on, are you with me? You're you're not just taking my word for it, but you're you're hearing your heart and and when you hear it, if it's him, same spirit in me bears witness with the same spirit in you. And you're going, yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. And we can have faith. Phyllis can have faith. I can have faith. You can have faith. And you get a bunch of us together that can have faith. Look out. Look out. Devil, get out the way. Come on, y'all with me. Here we come. But when it's done, and people say, well, man, look what you did. Uh-uh, 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 uh I can, you can, of our own self, do nothing. Unless we hear from him and do it the way he shows us, it is not going to work. You can struggle, you can do everything you know to do, and it's just going to fall flat and run empty. And when people have done things and it did fall flat, and they say, well, that faith don't work. No, they weren't in faith. They were in something they called faith. But God's teaching us about real faith. What do you say? Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I think that was part one. Can you come back and get the other part thank you Lord I am excited about this I'm really excited about this because I'm confident that that you people watching online are going to hear from the Lord about situations and rise up and believe God and we're going to have more miracles than we've ever had before we're going to have more more testimonies you watch and see they're just going to be a, a flood of testimonies coming in. We've already got a good stream of testimonies, but there's just going to be a flood of God doing things in people's life all over the place. Somebody say, so be it. So be it. So be it. And to God be all the glory. Hallelujah.
you would close your eyes and just focus on him. How can they call on him in whom they've not believed? How is it possible to believe when you haven't heard? But when you've heard, you can believe if you will. And if you're watching online or in either place here in the churches, and you've heard it, but you've been dragging your feet or procrastinating about believing, don't do that. You're only hurting yourself. Make a commitment. Receive him. Tell him that you believe in him. Believe in your heart. Say it with your mouth. That's how you're saved. Everybody either affirm or reaffirm your faith. Everybody watching online, I don't care if you're at a cafe or coffee house or if you're office or your bedroom or, or outside listening on your phone. Say it out loud, Father God. Father I believe in you. I believe in your son Jesus. That he died on the cross. That he paid the full price for all my sins. Every failure. Every mistake. I believe you have raised him from the dead. And he is alive. And is the King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords. Jesus. I receive you. And all you have done for me. And I confess you as Lord of my life. Hallelujah. Oh, lift your hands. Praise the Lord. Give thanks unto God. Oh, Lord, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.